Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Bottom Bins podcast. Listen, before we start, as a group we would just like to thank absolutely everybody who supported the podcast. We had some lovely messages sent to us this week. Some with a bit of constructive criticism, which which we are which thankful we needed, for, yeah. which yeah. we did need. So look, everything that people say is appreciated. We appreciate the views on YouTube, honestly. I don't think we expected to get a no. response as big, did we? Uh, we were expecting, what, 20, 20 views? And yeah, we've had over 200. Over 200. Brilliant stuff. Going strong. So honestly, we're just going to keep plugging away. Keep plugging at it and, and look, like I said, we appreciate all the support that comes our way. So we're going to crack on here, get right into it. First game of the week, we are going top of the table. Chelsea versus Arsenal. Finish 1-0 to Arsenal. What are we thinking, lads? You have to consider them. Arsenal uh, could be the real deal, boys. They could be. Yeah. Michael Arteta, a lot of question marks about him in the last few years, but yeah. seems to be doing his thing and doing it well. No, I thought Arsenal totally outplayed Chelsea yesterday. Just a far better team. They're just confident. They're young. They're confident. And I think they are the, the biggest challenge to City. I can't see anybody else really challenging. Uh, I love the fact that you said young. Yeah. Like, Bukayo Saka, Gabriel Martinelli, Odegaard, Smith-Rowe. Saliba. Saliba. Jesus isn't old. Do you know what I mean? The Ramsdale and Nets. It is a young team. There's potential for that team. If they keep it going this year, there's no reason why that won't be the same team in the next five years. You have you to give I mean? credit, boys, to... You know, I know the ownership got a lot of stick and uh, higher up Edu and stuff like that, but they stuck by Arteta and mm-hmm. they know this is a project and they stuck by him and now they're getting the rewards. Yeah, yeah they're reaping the rewards. Yeah. Look, Arteta has an 83% win percentage rate this season. Incredible. Um, that's, honestly, that's, that's a fascinating stat. Um, Arsenal just really... I think the one thing you could say about them at the minute is... And look, I, I touched a bit on it um, last week. They just play some lovely attacking yeah, football. Good. They keep the ball so, so well. Even their centre-backs. Oh, centre-back's fantastic. Ben White. Ben White on mind. Mm-hmm. We nutmeg. We nutmeg <laughs> and then give him the wee yeah. stare down as well. Yeah, ben White's playing some good stuff. Saliba was the man of the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and is. I think deservedly so. His his defensive performances this season have been nothing short of just fantastic. Yeah, he's been brilliant. I think if we're looking, if we're talking about maybe doing an early sort of team of the season for the Premier League, yeah. I think Saliba's the first choice centre-back. Yeah, he has there. to be there. 100%. has to be there. He's, he's been fantastic. Now, on the flip side of the game, although you could give Arsenal a lot of credit, Chelsea, what's going yeah, on? Lads? One shot, burr. one shot on target the whole game in the first half, and it was. It just looks like Potter hasn't found his team. I know it's weird, yeah. it's odd, and you have to, you have to think all the signings. Well, near enough all the signings that the new signings that were playing on that Chelsea side yesterday, they were all Tuchel signings, and he was sacked what two, three weeks later. I know what's expected there. Well, they're expecting top four, at least. They were expecting to challenge for the league, but it's just attacking-wise, it's just, they've just been so poor this season. Uh, Sterling has not performed to his best at City. He was a great player, but he's just underperformed. I don't, it's hard to know, boys. Is it down to the formation? Is it down to... There's an apparent lack of creativity mm-hmm. within Chelsea's side at yeah. the minute, you know. Uh, Mount was playing out on the on the left hand side yesterday, and you know, Tuchel was the same. Tuchel stuck to this very rigid sort of midfield of Jorginho, Kovacic, Kante. Um, obviously, that's a little bit different under Potter. It's it's Jorginho, Ruben Loftus Cheek, mm. Kovacic comes in there sometimes, and when yeah. Kante is fit, Kante normally plays anyway. Um, even though I would say this season and and last season as well, Kante doesn't look the same player. He does provide the balance, though. He does, yes. But I wonder for just how long Kante can yeah. sustain that. Well, I don't think he'd sign a new contract end of the year. No. no. Doesn't I, look I, anyway. I did say last week, but like, I do think Kante is a big miss. Yeah. Because he is defensively brilliant. And yeah. he's even improved going forward, getting the ball, going with it. Uh, but as you said, there's no creativity. No. We're, no. They're not creating the chances. Like, Aubameyang was very poor yesterday. I see... He had eight touches the whole game, which is just... It's criminal. Like, it's criminal. It's criminal. Yeah. For, for a guy who is... Like, look, Aubameyang is still a good, solid yeah. 15, 20 yeah. goal a season. Even when he went to Barcelona. He was still scoring still, goals. still scoring yeah. goals. Yeah. I mean, look, Potter, he won his first six games in, in charge at Chelsea. Quite comfortably in some of those games. I know, I can remember back to the Palace game. They did struggle a little bit yeah, in that yeah. game. But he now only has one win in his last five in the Premier League. Definitely and. Spell. 
he's only they've only scored four goals in their last five Premier League games. I do think it is to do with the teams they're playing as well. Their run of fixtures has been a bit more difficult. I think like he actually got a good start because the teams they were playing weren't the best. I think even mm. Tuchel would have got results there if they had given more time. And now they're really getting found out. Well, do you think Tuchel would have beat Man United at Stamford Bridge? Do you think he would have beat Arsenal yesterday? I thought like even when they were when they played Man United, they were very lucky to even get a point. Mm. I know they you'd be like, oh, the United scored ninety fourth minute, but they didn't create anything. And uh, I just I don't I don't think he got enough time. It's tough. Like like Tuchel came in and won a Champions League with him. I think every football fan knows he shouldn't have been sacked. Yeah. But when you read all the things about that new owner coming in, he clearly didn't want Tuchel. He wanted someone that fits his system. Yeah. Um, and Tuchel didn't seem too bothered to go after hearing what the owner had to say in the first few weeks either. I just. But the argument could be then why did the. Well, he spent so much money in the summer. Yeah. So they give him that time to spend the money. Why not give him time to develop the team? No. See, apparently, apparently the whole fallout came from the fact that, the, again, if you read the speculation, Tuchel, Bowley approached Tuchel and said, we want to sign Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. And Tuchel was like, no, not a chance. Not a chance. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not having Ronaldo in my system. Yeah. Do you think maybe that's a destination for Ronaldo in January then? Possibly... Or, you know, does he look towards maybe going to Chelsea? Is Chelsea? Do you think Chelsea's a better outfit than Man United? Look, I don't know if he's going to go to Chelsea or if he's going to leave United at all. But like, just on Chelsea, I don't think they should have signed Aubameyang. Aubameyang, what is just Aubameyang? Thirty three or thirty four? He's thirty five. He's thirty five. Thirty five. Like he's a bit long in the tooth. He's a great player. We all know he's a great player. But was he the right signing at that time? He might have been for Tuchel, but. It, I think that was it, wasn't it? It was like he had played under Tuchel and yeah. Dortmund. They had that relationship. Yeah. And now that that's gone, it's just... They got, look, did, did they even get a game together? I think did they, they get, had one did they Champions get one? League game, wasn't yeah. it? The yeah. Dynamo One, one game, game together. But like, look, like, yeah. They got rid of Lukaku. And obviously, yes, Lukaku did not perform last year. He didn't. Mm-hmm. But he's still going to guarantee you more goals, or if not the exact same goals as Aubameyang. There was absolutely no reason for them to get rid of Lukaku to replace him with Aubameyang. If they were getting rid of Lukaku, well, sorry, they got rid of Timo Werner. If they were replacing Werner with Aubameyang, that's fantastic business in my opinion. But replacing Lukaku with him, I don't know. I think if they were replacing someone they paid £100 for, they should have got probably a better player. or Like, nobody looked at... What do you call the fella from... um, Napoli, is it Simeone? Not Napoli. Lazio, oh, is he? Simeone. Oh, Simeone. Geo Simeone. Ah, he's, yes. he's, he's Napoli yes. now. He's Napoli now, yeah. is he? He went for like 13 million. Yeah. And he was a perfect player for Chelsea, in my opinion. I just don't understand why they went for Romeo. I, I just can't see Ronaldo going to Chelsea because it's going to be the same problems. There's no <laughs> creating any chances. So I don't actually, I don't think it really is the striker's problem at the minute. I think it is they're missing like a creative mm-hmm. spark. A, a link player. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, it maybe, maybe begs the question, could somebody go in for Madison in January then, if that's the case? You that know? would be a very good buy. I think it would but be, be a good very buy. very expensive. Uh, yeah, look, he's going to cost you 70, 80 million, yeah. but yeah. I think it would be a better investment than definitely. Ronaldo, per se. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. All right, well, we're we'll moving on then. Sitting the, the next biggest game of the weekend. Big three points. First away win for Liverpool this weekend against Tottenham Hotspur. Look, I think we'll start with Spurs. Um, it was a game of two halves, definitely. Yeah. Liverpool come out and dominated the first half. They looked like the Liverpool of old. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spurs then, like they have done in recent weeks, come out in the second half, made a couple of changes and looked a lot brighter then in the second half. But Salah already had the damage done. What's your assessment of it then, lads? How... Do we think Liverpool deserve it? Deserve it of the three points? From the most unbiased opinion as a United fan, it was good to see Salah scoring again. Like, he's a great player and he wasn't hitting his form. Like, I loved seeing him being awful this season. Like, seeing Liverpool's downfall for me is class. Like, but from an unbiased point of view, it was good to see Salah among the goals because the fans needed The fans needed that lift against Spurs uh, yesterday. They really needed it. First away win this season. Come it's, on. it's crazy. Yeah. Like, a club like Liverpool do, Liverpool like not, to be, no, to be November and, yeah. and only get their first win. The mad you know. thing is about Salah as well is like 
I know he hasn't been performing well, but he still scores goals. Yeah. I've seen he scored like 11 in his last 12. Yeah, well, well he, has six, yeah. he has six goals and he has three assists so far in the Premier League this season. I've seen as well, he's like 19 goals and assists in the last 20 games. Like that is really? just crazy. I know, it's just like, you don't... People, people don't think about people that kind don't of think thing. About that yeah. kind of thing. He is scoring. I think it was just more like his all-round play. It's because we're so used to seeing Salah hit these high, 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 high numbers. numbers. Oh, you're yeah. used to them high numbers. And because yeah. he's dipped in form a bit, yeah. and we're seeing slightly smaller numbers, which are still above average, yeah. we think it's... Well, the general football fan thinks it's a poor season. For well, if that's... if that's, I'll take the blue side of Merseyside. If that's Calvert-Lewin that has six yeah, goals and three assists already, you'd be saying... That's a great start to the season. You'd be like, do you know what? Calvert-Lewin is, is, is in with a shot for the English squad. Exactly. The point yeah. as well is, what Orn says as well, about Salah, he was so much better. It was even, you know, even his defensive work. He was yeah. working. It's seen Klopp came out and said that, you know, he's like a different player. He was just... See, they missed that with Mane, you know, that, you know, tracking back, press. Uh, and I thought, I thought Liverpool did play well that first half, but I yeah. thought second half they dipped. But that is what happens when you're 2-0 up, your way to Tottenham, you're going for your first away win of the season. You need that win. You've come off back-to-back losses against two of the sides that have, you know, are lower in the league. So I don't blame them for that. But they did, they did ride their luck a bit at the end. I think Trent also looked a lot better yesterday. Um, it's it's actually, I I would maybe go as far as to say, you know, that's maybe Trent's best defensive performance of of this season. Mm-hmm. Definitely looked um yeah. a lot. A Robertson lot. looked good too. Robertson looked good too. Look, and then Canate's uh, in there too. He I seen he's played three games, three wins. It just goes to show you, yeah. you know, like when you have your full eleven, mm-hmm. injury free, you know, like Liverpool are still a top top side. Yeah. It's just about trying to find consistency now, and yeah. because look, they did it against City. The blitz today and deservedly won, yeah. but then the next two games they were absolutely shocking yeah, yeah, and dropped yeah. six points yeah. mm-hmm. when real realistically they should. It should have been six points. I do, I do think Liverpool, yeah. as you said, if they can kick on now, just get the points going, they'll definitely the, the, be up the league this year. On. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about Spurs? Do you think? I think Conte is maybe going to be looked at in a bit of a negative light. At the moment, at the moment, yeah. Look, we were we were driving up the road yesterday, yeah. and and obviously Talksport was on, and there was quite a few Spurs fans actually phoned in, yeah. questioning whether Conte was actually the right yeah, man for Tottenham. Yeah. Yeah. Look, recent defeats to Liverpool, Newcastle, United, and Arsenal, all teams that are realistically going to be fighting it out with Spurs the for rivals, that sort of rivals, th- yeah. that that top mm-hmm. four sort of spot. It doesn't make for good reading the stats. In, reg- in regards to Spurs are not great at the minute mm. they are turning the ball over quite a lot they're turning the ball over on an average of six times per 90 minutes which isn't really great reading not for a Spurs team that's so defensively well meant to be so defensively uh, sound yeah, yeah. exactly I think Kane is having a- another Harry Kane season he's playing very well but he's, he's actually going a little bit um, unnoticed at the minute mm-hmm. but I think that's just because Haaland's just far and away yeah. so much better yeah, than everybody yeah, yeah. else I think that, with Kane as well he has to do so much for that team he does you know, he does it's not it just his goals him. it's his build up play he has to <laughs> carry like, the ball like, his passing like he was playing on his own yesterday with Perisic yeah. behind him well not having Son and and you know not having Son in good form yeah. this season is actually really hurting Spurs mm-hmm. at the minute you've seen uh, when Kulazeski came on as well. What a difference he makes. He's so creative. They are missing that too. It's a bit like yeah. Chelsea. They need that. He got the assist for the goal. Yeah. And uh, at the end, they were so close. Benton Kerr nearly scored. Longley missed a header at the end. Though I thought they were unlucky not to get a point. Yeah. But again, it's to do with the fact they keep conceding the first goal. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to keep getting away with that. I know that they got lucky last week. Well, not lucky, but the, they came back last week against Bournemouth. But that's not going to happen every week there. The stadium was bouncing too after Spurs yeah. scored. It was. Now, you see Conte was complaining too because they were booing at half time. I know. Yeah, but you know what? The fans are entitled to their opinion. Yeah, exactly. like, and, and if your team come off... Like, but like that first half performance, they were very They burned, were shocking. Yeah. And like, you know, what? Like what's, what's a Conte side known for? Being defensively Defensive, sound. Yeah, yeah. So if you go in 2-0 down at half time because of two... Well, one of them is definitely a, a defensive that error. Dyer's mistake, yeah. mistake. That's definitely an error. Maybe the second one's more so solid brilliance mm-hmm. than, yeah. than, Good finish. than an error per se. But look, they're... I don't know whisper. I, I really just don't know whisper. Do you think we'll get they'll get top four? The funny thing is they're still sitting there. They're sitting in third. Yeah, good amount of points. Yeah. But I think as you said, Connor, it's it's they keep they pick up the points against the the teams you know you expect. But the rivals, the, the higher up teams, that they, they really do struggle there. They do. I, I don't. 
it's weird. It, it's like Spurs are just a weird side yeah. at the minute. Like, I I think if Son gets back and gets firing, I think they'll be a hundred percent. Like, yeah. there'll be no problem. Like I've started there too. Like in the first half, they have nine goals this season. In the second half, they have eighteen. They're just not a first half team. Like, Sorry, that's are. true. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're yeah. Half that's what's killing them. They're going to go down. They're struggling in the first half, and then mm. they make the change at half time, and then suddenly they something shifts. Goes, yeah. You know? yeah, something shifts. Okay, Manchester City versus Fulham. Um, City, obviously, chasing Arsenal. Yeah. They managed to go ahead, top of the table, for one night and one yeah. night only. <laughs> yeah. um, Erling Haaland. He right. just is inevitable, really, yeah, he isn't he? Is. he is. Look, what is it, 18 goals in 12 games or something? He has tw- 12 appearances, 18 goals, 3 assists. Yeah, They're totally different sides. Oh, 20, 21 goal contributions in, in 12 league games. Yeah. Like. In saying that, City dominated the game, but... I know City. They had were lucky to get a result. City had seventy-two percent possession, yeah. and they played sixty-five minutes with ten yeah. men. Like that is, that is crazy. Like Fulham didn't really create much after City went down to ten men, but once Holland came off the bench, he got the goal, which was offside. That's right. And then he got the he obviously got the the penalty or with the run to get the penalty, and then he scored the winner. But he's just on another level. That's you actually really seen the difference when Holland wasn't in the side and when yeah. Holland was in the side. Like you would say last week at Leicester as well. Again, we touched on it last week. They did look a different side without mm-hmm. Holland last week, and they really had to grind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. I, I think they were in cruise control again. Fulham at times, you know. The same intensity levels weren't really yeah. there because I'd say they looked at Fulham and thought, yeah. like, you know, we can just sort of ping the ball around yeah. them yeah. and play our, our style of football. But look, when Haaland came on, they definitely looked a better side. Yeah. Um, I don't think Joe Cancelo's red card was a red card, yeah. personally. Very soft. I think it was a foul, yes. Yeah. But I mean, to be given soft a red, red card, yeah, yeah. To, to be given a red card for it, yeah. especially after being VAR checked as yeah. well, know. you know. I don't know. I think there's still, you know, it's crazy that in 2022, VAR has been in the game now, what, three there's just years? There's no consistency. There's like, no consistency with like it. You like, look at, uh, I know we're moving on from the last game, but like even Arnold's push, mm-hmm. you know, where's the real It was the difference? same thing. It's the same, same thing. It was, yeah. it was the same fight. It's just, it, what it is with VAR is it's just the ref's perspective, whatever he thinks, and the VAR rarely change it. They'll just go with a decision on the field. If he would have booked Cancelo, I don't think he would have been sent off. I don't think it is to say, oh, change that red card. Yeah. I think it's just whatever he goes with. It's very hard it, to change it. Stance, yeah. yeah. No. Just it, to go weird. back on what Holland, what you said about Holland and how the team was different, it does show a lot for City squad depth. Though it is phenomenal. I know even Alvarez, Julian scored, Alvarez, he scored. He scored. Yeah, mm-hmm. he played great football. Yeah. He is. Look, he's, I think very he's young. Three or four goals this yeah. year. Already. His, his stats last year in the Argentinian league were fantastic. It's unreal to have a player like that as your backup striker mm-hmm. I know unreal and he's so versatile like when he first came into the side he was playing in the right wing he's played in the left wing for City and he's pl- played up top when Holland's been gone as well it's great to have a player like that City have a lot of players like that as well versatile like, you know even you think uh, Bernardo Silva yeah but even players Foley. that had before like Sterling would have played yeah. either wing I Jesus. don't think they missed Sterling though no, no or no. Jesus you know like they're just replaced. And, and, and so good yeah. at replacing players. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think they miss, no. they miss Jesus either. No, no. And don't get me wrong, Jesus is absolutely unreal. Yeah. He was fantastic for Arsenal every yeah. weekend, once again. But I don't think City miss him. But like, Haaland's just, I think, that next level yeah. to Jesus. Because Jesus has got all of that, the build-up play, the you know great touch, but it's his finishing that lets him down when Haaland is just lethal. Yeah, Even yeah, that header, dead. I know it was offside, but that header. He's deadly. Like, people have said that as well. They said, oh, could his head be his vulnerability yeah. and it's just not no, no. <laughs> he doesn't have one uh, he could score goals with so. any part of his body like he's just uh, ridiculous I do think so it's, fast I so do quick. think as well for Fulham Mitrovic big miss boys massive no. massive I actually have a stat here so Fulham have five wins in the Premier League this year and all five of those wins Mitrovic has played 90 minutes and scored in each of those five games incredible when he's not in the side they definitely they do struggle um, they definitely don't look the same side when Mitrovic isn't playing they just don't really have an outlet up front I think that fellow Vinicius no couldn't do it at Spurs didn't do it at Spurs and, and doesn't look like yeah. he's going to do it at Fulham either yeah. and uh, do you know what the weird thing about him is like I looked at him um, the other day um, when I was watching the match and like he's a big lump of a lad he is yeah. big fella like you would think his his sort of body type and his attributes would suit playing yeah. in the Premier League but yeah. It, it, it must just be up here yeah. his game intelligence yeah, yeah just just mustn't be great because he never really looks to be in the right positions whereas Mitrovic is I mean it's what he's known for like in saying that though I think it's great that we're talking about this because Fulham are well 
as we would have thought at the start of the season, Fulham's overachieving. Yeah, they're like a surprise package. But they're playing fantastic football. And it's great to see, because Fulham are one of them teams you want to see do well. Yeah. And with Mitrovic in form, they are doing but, well. As you say as well, like they went away to City, who are one of the best teams in the world. Mm-hmm. And they're disappointed to, only get, or to lose that game 2-1. Yeah. Really well, point, they tweeted out straight away after. Yeah. That was cruel. So know. cruel. Yeah. And they were missing their striker. Exactly. Like so, what did what did, what did you think, boys think about the penalty as well? It was cruel. See, that's again with the VAR. There's some games you see videos on Twitter all the time. How is yeah. this a penalty and this isn't a penalty? Yeah. It's just would that have been given as a penalty if the ref hadn't given it? Not a chance. Oh, VAR would not have probably, given it. Probably, yeah, probably not. Like no. you know, it's. But again, it is one of them things where VAR has to overturn it. Yeah. If the referee's made an unfair decision, they have to try and overturn it. They have to find reasons to overturn it. So we can understand why it was given, but personally, I don't think it was a penalty. It's just weird, like you know, see if you look at like the the TMO in yeah. rugby, yeah. they assist the referee so so well, yeah. and they're and you they're, can hear them as well. You can hear yeah. them, Absolutely. and they're spotting incidents on the field that the referee can't pick up. But basically, what what the Premier League are saying is, well, if the camera doesn't pick it up and it's not seen, mm-hmm. then it doesn't need to be given. But sure, how's that for mm-hmm. you know? I honestly, I just think there needs to be more consistency with VAR, and maybe referees need to go away over yeah. the summer and do a course, course yeah. on VAR, and yeah. maybe the Premier League need, Premier League need to look at it and find a better way to implement it. Mm. But at the minute, you would have to say, I think it'd be a good idea to have the to be able to hear what they're saying. The, as well. Yeah, because apparently the commentators they can hear what they're saying. Yeah, but we can't. Well, they've Which, done it in Australia for a game. Yeah, there was a. Referee, I think he was either retiring or he was going to the championship. I can't quite remember. He's the, I think he's the Australian ref. He's, uh, is he in he's the championship? In the, he's in the Premier League. He, he, he's in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's, he's in the Premier League. Well, his last game in the Australian Premier League, they had him mic'd up and he had a GoPro on. And him talking to the players was like in rugby. Like, they listened to him. Whereas in the Premier League, that referee's getting abusive. He gives a decision. Do you know what I mean? So... I don't know, if, if they brought in something like that there, so the fans would have more of more of an idea of what the referee, and why the referee is given Has specific, specific decisions, yeah. 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 rather than us not hearing anything, yeah. and us having forming our own opinions based on, well, video evidence. Yeah, But that's the point that Connor made as well, the TMO, you can hear what they're saying, yeah. they make the decision, they work with the referee, that's all you want. That, that is what you want? Yeah. yeah. Alright, Unai Amri, off to the perfect start. I'd like to publicly apologise. <laughs> <laughs> so last week, my opinion was that Unai Emery will not succeed at Aston Villa. Look, I'm not changing my opinion. I still think, like any Aston Villa, I, I, anybody could have been hired, in my opinion, yeah. and they'll still be gone the next two or three years. However, a 3-1 win against Man United. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty good you start. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't write it, please. I know, you couldn't write it after what I said last week. Uh, I think Bad I, time. <laughs> you know, the, the interesting thing is Emery was able to come in straight away and revive two careers, yeah. Leon Bailey and Emmy Buendia. You were saying last week, though, you said that Villa have good players. But they yeah. do. That's, like Their squad yeah. is good enough to be in the top eight, definitely in the top eight like of the Premier League. Like, Bailey, you mentioned him, yeah. or specifically, you said... He is a top player. If, yeah. if he is. get it out of him, yeah. he will be... He is. Yeah. Honestly, Bailey, like, I think it was the year before he left to go to Villa. Like, some of the so, some of the compilations you've seen on, like, the Bundesliga is, like, a, a socials. Mm-hmm. Some of the things yeah. that was doing was absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely crazy. Taking, like, five men on at one time. Like, I I, I think Bailey's a really, really good player. Bundia as well. I actually think Bundia suits playing at the 10. Yeah. Rather than uh, uh, on, on the, the wing, right. yeah. I think he's he's got some good intricate skills that allow him to sort of skip in between players and, yeah. and thread, you know, break the lines, thread those balls through. He was very very good yesterday. I think look, just Villa in general were very yeah, good, very good. Yesterday. Emery's got a good track record of wingers. Yeah. Look at Dan Juma and Chukwueze of uh, Villarreal. Oh, yeah. They were brilliant. Yeah, they? even as Sevilla side, yeah, he, yeah. he he was the guy that sort of centered Regili on and. Yeah. and that's when Regilion's career sort of mm-hmm. really took off was under Emery as well um, but Jacob Ramsey was impressive yesterday too yeah goal yeah. assist I think, good player. I think Ramsey's a very good player yeah, he could well be in Gareth Southgate's plans I think he could be in the 55 Yeah, but again if we're talking full World Cup yeah, squad yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah, he's good yeah, enough quite yet but then for the next oh, what is he 21 
I actually don't know what he yeah. is. Well, he's, he's young, anyway. Twenty-one, yeah, yeah. He's young. No, he's good. He's a good footballer. Yeah, he is definitely a is a good footballer. And he walked past us. <laughs> he did. The goal yesterday, year. the third goal. Boys. He walked past us last season at Old Trafford, Trafford. Trafford, and I goes to him. Or, I thought I, you meant like he walked past the the midfield. No, no, no. no, no we like, went no, like we, we went to see Villain United last yeah. year, and he literally walked past us coming out of Old Trafford. Um, we had went up to yeah. collect our girlfriends, yeah. and he walked past us, and I was goes to Oren. Or I'm pretty sure that's Jacob Ramsey just walked past us. I was like, will we get a photo? And he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we had just lost in the 90th minute to Villa at home. Oh, and Bruno just yeah. missed a penalty, skated over well, outside of the stadium. Oh, yeah, yeah. But anyway. Um, it's a common theme, this, getting beat by Villa, I know, isn't it? it is. And we'll play them on Thursday in the Cup. And we'll probably get beat there too. I know, that's true. A lot of people were talking about Emery's win yesterday. And we're thinking, oh look, new manager. It's usually a good start. And it is when you think about it. But before yesterday, in his first match with each of his clubs, he had a 37% win percentage. That's not good. No, it's not great. And then after yesterday, it ended up being 44%. So with nine clubs, he has four losses, four wins and one draw. I don't think anybody could have really predicted them beating United yesterday, especially United in the form that they were. Can I be honest with you, lad, though? Do you see... See, when I woke up yesterday morning, yeah. it, there was just something telling me. A gut feeling. That they're genuinely but do you not feel that every time United play away from home? Because <laughs> I do. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, maybe, I maybe just feel that every time yeah. United play, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> but see, with Emery there as well, a point I'll back you up in a way. At Arsenal, he started very well. I think yeah. they went like 20 something games unbeaten. Yeah. And, it just and he got them to the Europa League final his first yeah. season at Arsenal. And then it just tailed. So you're not wrong yet lad yeah no, give, it time, give it time give it time and then he'll prove me wrong eventually <laughs> I think you know if we're looking as well then you, you know if you take the flip side of, of the game United were just so poor yeah, yesterday poor. honestly I, I, I haven't seen them play that badly since the Brentford game yeah. uh, they were really really lack bad of yesterday lack of depth definitely Bruno out of the team Thursday to Sunday yeah, well, it's different. Yeah, it's not, not going to work. Bruno out of the team and Van der Beek in is a, is a without huge Bruno, downgrade. Without Bruno, there's no creativity. Yeah. I know he gives away the ball a lot, but he's the only man that really. Yeah. Well, he creates. Bruno creates eight shot leaning actions per night day. Mm-hmm. Do you know the only player in the Premier League that creates more? No, Kevin De Bruyne. De Bruyne. Best so, of the best. You know what I mean? Like, and everybody has said, you know, put put De Bruyne and Bruno on that sort of attack and midfield pedestal yeah, for the last couple of seasons. Like, they, they do go right up up there with one another. But just goes to show you, like, you know, eight shot leading actions per night day. That's a lot. Like, yeah. but that's the thing though. Said about Bruno as well. He creates so much, but it was like, you know, the players weren't finishing the chances. Yeah, yeah. we scored eighteen goals in the league. Imagine that man with Holland. Yeah, how many more assists he would have? Yeah. Well, look, United lacked it going forward yesterday, but they also lacked at the back yesterday too. I mean, look, we're back down to a minus one goal difference. Yeah. It's not... I, I don't know. I just find Martinez needs Varane and Varane needs Martinez. Yeah. And, and when they don't have one another, they just look lost. Yeah. I think, I thought Martinez played all right yesterday, to be honest. I think him and Garnacho were the only two that could really sort of come off the pitch being like, you know what, I tried... Well, Casemiro played well. Yeah, Kazimir was alright yesterday too, but I I don't know, I just feel like... Do you know what though, can I be honest? I think Maguire should have started yesterday. Last week, Maguire started in our win against West Ham. I don't think there was a reason for him not to be starting in this game. I think he started the game against West Ham because they were just one-dimensional, cross the ball in. He didn't didn't do anything wrong though. He I didn't know. do anything wrong. No, look, he didn't. And do I'll it. be the first person to criticize Harry Maguire, but he did not do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong, but you have to look at the opposition you're playing as well, lad. And like Bondia and Bailey, like they would have tore him apart yeah. yesterday. I don't lad, think it would have made any difference, lad. I honest. don't know. I, just, I don't know. I just think Lindelof. I hate. I see. I hate seeing a high ball come into Lindelof because he let it bounce every time. Whereas Harry Maguire will attack it. Look, he should be getting every single one of them. He doesn't. But I don't know. Just in my opinion. I think Maguire should have started. Especially after Thursday night when we played horribly against Sociedad. I know we came out with a win but we played horribly. Maguire and should have played. should have brought Maguire. I brought him on a striker, striker again. I know. Tactical masterclass. Whip, whip them balls in. Yeah. Um, okay, so Southampton, Newcastle. Another big win for Newcastle. Honestly, they are really marching on at the minute. So, going to key in on, on two players in particular. Um, this season for, for Newcastle we talked a lot about Wilson last week and whether he should go to the World Cup but I want to talk about another England international Kieran Trippier mm-hmm. is he England's best right back? 
Has to be. Has to be. Especially you don't come for But he, right, so let's let's take the injuries out of it. Yeah. Is he England's best right back? In my opinion, yes. Has it, he offers the, the most. Yeah. This season he's been the best. Both defensively and attacking, he offers the most in my opinion. He's so defensively sound that how can he not be the best right back? Like Kyle Walker's brilliant. He's flying. But I still think Walker and uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, their defensiveness, or they're, they're defensively not as good as Trippier, and it's just, I don't know, I think Trippier should be the first name in the squad for the England. I do think Kyle Walker is also a, was like is a top player. He is. I know he defensively makes mistakes, but his speed, he gets out of so many... Well, see, to be honest, I... I I don't think it's controversial to be like, oh, Kyle Walker's a good football player. Kyle Walker's good. He is no, good football player. And, and he's also defensively good as well. Yes, yeah. I think Trippier's been better than him this season, mm-hmm. but over recent years, Walker, that's what I mean, yeah. Walker's been fantastic defensively. Yeah, I think, I think like, he really, really has. This yeah. season, well, supposed Trippier's to play him definitely been the best. For England. Yeah. Like, he plays in a back three. Like, you, you don't... Like, it's the same as Luke Shaw, too. The, the, you know, I can remember a time when England had that back three. Shaw was actually playing at left centre-back mm, and Walker right. was playing at right centre-back. And, right. and they both looked solid. Like, Walker is good defensively. But, look, Trippier this season, he has one goal, he has three assists. He is part of a defensive back line that has kept the most clean sheets this season. I think it's a no-brainer, really. You know, I think Trippier has to start well, at the World he, Cup. He will definitely start. Yeah. And if not at right-back, you and know, left back. at left-back. Yeah, Southgate likes him. Especially more, with Chilwell and all that as well. Yeah. It's more you look at boys like Dan Burns. Mm. Like, how is he not getting the yeah. English squad? He's been, He's been fantastic, fantastic this season. season you know, Have Newcastle the best defensive record in the league? Yeah, yeah they've yeah. Uh, kept most clean sheets. Yeah. It's insane. I know, it's you know? Honestly, like, I know we'll get on to talk about fantasy later, but like Trippier is like the third highest point scoring yeah. player in fantasy this year he, he is absolutely unbelievable like yeah Newcastle have been brilliant this season they have and it's where they deserve to be a club like Newcastle should be in the top four mm-hmm. with and Newcastle as well it was what, they didn't even play at their best no they still won the game yeah. it was 1-0 and Southampton missed a few Alan Lucy's miss was just six yards out mm-hmm. criminal Manette criminal missed it and then Adams what a miss as well mm-hmm. The, the road they're luck but that's what the, the good teams do and yeah. that's, that's, that's what you do you go away to Southampton which is I know they just sacked their manager but still not easy to go away there that's the only place I think Arsenal have dropped points except for the United game as mm-hmm. well so it's a big win it is a yeah. big win Southampton sacked the manager today yes they did they did um, I think he's really been sort of Again, we were talking about Thiago Silva being stitched up last week. Yeah. I think Hasselhoutl but Hasselhoutl has been has been stitched up um, this week. Yeah. Um, I think if if you look at the long list of injuries that Southampton have had for a vast majority of this season, you know they've been out they've been without Balakachap now for a good few weeks. Um, Lavia was injured. I know he played yesterday, but that that's the first time we've seen Lavia since the Man United match. Um, they're without Livermento. He's not going to be back to January. Uh, and they're now without Kyle Walker Peters as well, and arguably Walker Peters is is has been you know their best player mm-hmm. um, over the last sort of maybe six seven months. So <sighs> I think it was more down to last season though. I think I seen a stat there. Only Watford got less points in their last twelve games. Yeah. So he just he's he basically saved Southampton at that stage. Yeah. Became sixteenth. The form was run of form. Yeah. And then they come into this season and they've lost six of their last nine. They've twelve goals in fourteen games. I know I do agree with you the injuries are killing them you know even I think Adams was injured there as well but do you think it was I right for him to be sacked Connor? it's hard to know he's it, a good manager I think though. it was to, I think it was coming though I yeah. think it was even his comments after the game uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's kind of like I'm, we're just, he's just saying like he's even like we're just not playing well and it's just it's your job to fix it kind of yeah. thing so I think it is unlucky because he's done a great job but I think even the fans were looking to change. I like Hasnout. I like his coaching. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I like the style of football. Like when when Southampton were on good periods of form with yeah. Hasnout, they played some really really nice yeah. football. When they appointed him, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, high energy, high press. Yeah. Look, I I know I was saying he got stitched up, but like the recruitment this summer was not mm. great. Why? Like why are they buying all these? I understand spent, uh, developing for the future. Million, yeah. yeah, but there are. I was looking at players like 20, 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very young. Like, you need to go out and buy established Premier League players yeah. to, to complement the youth mm-hmm. as well. And they just didn't do that. It just seemed to be a spending spree of, oh, let's go to Man City's academy and pillage every talent yeah. that they have. Like, but their director of football came in. 
I, yeah, he, he swapped the clubs, he, yeah. He got the in, but he, even at that, like, it's just... I As don't you know. say, though, the players that did sign have turned out to be good players yeah. already. Yes, yes. But, so but they Norris, should have had established players experience. with that yeah. so to Hamner help them as well. They are so bringing club, in yeah. these young players for a bit, bit of money. 30, well, look at Lavia straight away. They the bought Lavia for, what, 14 million? Chelsea were going to pay 50 million by the end of the exact same window. Honestly, Chelsea's a laugh, but we'll not get we'll not get into Chelsea. Honestly, like Leave Chelsea they are a laugh. Well, here just before we move on, me and you were talking about this yesterday when it was rumored Hassan Houghton was going to be sacked. Who do they go for? And I was thinking they can't get any better than Hassan Houghton at the minute. However, a name has come in to the news today, and at the time of the recording, he hasn't been hired, but apparently he's the leading candidate, and that's Nathan Jones of Luton. I think it is nearly done. Nearly done? Yeah, yeah, I think that'll happen. Well, he's a leading candidate. He has 342 games as a manager. And in those 342 games, he has an average point per match of 1.6 points. That's incredible. That is quite strong. Incredible. Yeah. They're eighth in the championship. Nine points off top, but they're only two points off the playoff places. And they reached the playoff last season, Connor, didn't they? Yeah, they reached the playoffs last season. And it's like, he plays attractive football. And they have very low budget. They're severely overachieving. So, and with Southampton, the I seen Sean Dyche was linked to the job, but that'll never happen. With Southampton, they want to play attractive football, mm-hmm. you know, attacking football, as you say, high press, and I think he is the man. I don't think there's anyone else really out there. Well, we'll see in the next few weeks. He's or very the next few days probably. Very underrated coach. Yeah. Um, he, I think he's been around the game for quite a while. I think he was a caretaker at Brighton in 2014-15, yeah. which I didn't know. He was at Stoke too, wasn't he? He was at Stoke. Yes. So I after Brighton, Stoke. he went to Luton. For his first spell in 15-16, he was then hired by Stoke in 18-19, and then he left Stoke and went back to Luton in 1920. Yeah, he's been Funny, my, my grand is a massive Luton. He, he always looks out for Luton every really? week on final score. Like, he loves Luton. No way. And, um, like, he, like, I, like, Luton have been on a good rise under him the past couple of years. Yeah. I think, like, he's he's won a couple of promotions, and they're a good side. Yeah. Nobody expect the playoffs last them. year. That's yeah, yeah. crazy. Yeah. how low his budget is. Yeah. I can remember they had that Irish striker. They still got him, Collins. Collins. Yeah. yeah, he's playing this. He, he was banging goals yeah. in. They you were know. like, I'm pretty sure odds on to get relegated from the championship yeah, last year, and they got the playoffs. Like yeah, just crazy the, the turnaround that they had. All right, West Ham, Crystal Palace. Um, West Ham at home on a home defeat, mm-hmm. uh, beaten by Man United last week, beaten by Crystal Palace this week. Results not going their way. Declan Rice. I want to throw a start at you, boys, and you actually might be a wee bit shocked at this. I've put it in here on my notes as Declan Rice downfall, question mark. <laughs> Declan Rice this season is putting up his lowest defensive numbers in his, in the, his last three seasons in the Premier League. And when I mean lowest, I mean substantially lower than what his stats were the following three seasons. A lot of people have touted Declan Rice to either go to Chelsea or Manchester United and become the midfield linchpin of whatever side he goes to. Yeah. I gotta be honest, boys. I've watched West Ham quite a bit this year, and Declan Rice is not impressing me whatsoever. It is this season's form, yeah. though, as well. Like I went to see United and West Ham. Not to talk about United game, but I went to see United <laughs> and West Ham last year, and we got an eighty-third minute winner. But Declan Rice was far and behold the best player on that pitch. He was phenomenal. Everywhere the ball was, Declan Rice was there, and that was. Watch like if I watched a game on the TV, I wouldn't notice that. But you see, seeing him live, it was he was phenomenal. I do think it's down to West Ham's form. Same way as Jared Bowen, we talked about him last week. They're underperforming in an underperforming side, yeah, rather than underperforming individuals. individuals. Right? Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But I I just think it's it's a talent sign when your your best player is struggling as yeah. well. You know, he's meant and he's their captain. captain. You know, yeah, he yeah, is meant yeah. to be the guy that leads by example and. I don't know. I've just I've watched him. I've, I've watched West Ham a few times this year, and he just really hasn't impressed me. Especially mm. going into a World Cup where he is, you know, the nailed on starter for yeah. England. He's the main man in that midfield. In that midfield. Yeah. But if I was Southgate, I'd be looking at it. I'd be I'd be worried. No, I, I agree. He has been struggling this year. The only thing is, I think he's trying to attack a bit more. I've seen he, he scored against Southampton maybe the week before. Mm-hmm. He was okay against Man United. Yeah, he had that uh, shot at the end. He was definitely getting yeah. more forward. He's trying to get more forward. I think that's well. it, and then he's just. Would you do you think it's maybe a transition from yeah. a defensive midfielder to maybe more of a box, box to box? All round midfielder, like a box to box, as you say. Mm. I just think though a box to box midfielder needs to still maintain good defensive numbers. Yeah, yeah. Like stick they, to what you know. Another yeah, about, they need to recover thing, the ball. Did you see about they were like who's better, Casemiro or Declan Rice? I guess just 
ridiculous. S- silly comparison. Yeah. One has won five Champions Leagues. The other hasn't even played five seasons in professional think, football. What you're saying as well is like out of the ordinary because you don't see anything about that, do you? You don't see is Declan Rice struggling this season yeah. because there's this like bias that he's just the number one England number mm-hmm. one. Well, he's English. That's why it's yeah. the, it's the bias. You know, yeah. like they're not gonna they're not gonna slate one of their own realistically. So, look, Eberechi Eze on on the opposite side on Crystal Palace. He is in serious form at the minute. Yeah, playing well, looking like a really really top player. I have down here, is he good enough for England? Well, he has two goals and three assists in his last five appearances for Crystal Palace. He struggled at the start of the season through injury and trying to get himself back fit again. But these last five games looks like vintage Eberechi, is he? And, and he's, yeah. he's looking good. Yeah. Well, look, I think Patrick Vieira is doing a phenomenal yeah. job yeah, he is. Palace. Great job. And his recruitment's been fantastic as well. Like, we're talking about Eze now. I'm sure we're going to talk about Elise, the match winner as well. Yeah. Both Elise and... As they were bought from the championship, QPR and Reading by Patrick Vieira, and they have both been brilliant acquisitions. Absolutely brilliant. They both compliment Aha very well, they I do. think. They do. And I thought when they were signing them both, because they're both more of an attacking midfielder than a, a winger. And I was thinking when they signed them both, how are they going to bring these both these boys into the same team? Well, he's managing it. Well, Aberetti has he's actually playing as a number eight at the minute, yeah. rather than a 10. And that like his his numbers all around this season have actually just improved. Mm-hmm. Zaha's been decent this season. Zaha's yeah, been very, very good, good this yes. year, and it's good to see because Zaha has been playing that Crystal Palace side since what twenty fourteen or yeah. something. And he's out of contract in the summer. He's out of contract in the summer, but he's been playing that Palace side, which hasn't been great. He he's been the main man. Oh, he's man. been the main man, he's and he's up, like. having to do everything, everything for Palace recently. Yeah. So it's good to see him have good players around him. But that's and it. It compliments him. Yeah. Like now, now he has like the thing I like about Palace is. I like uh, Guaida, their goalkeeper. Yeah. He's very good with his feet, and he's also a good shot stopper. Yeah. Their two centre backs, Gehi and uh, Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, I swear, Anderson was a steal. Find me two better but Anderson defenders with the ball at, at their feet. Yeah. See their long passing ability and playing out from the back. They're excellent. And mm-hmm. two really. Like, like, they, they I think steals. they got Anderson for like 20 minutes yeah. or something. Like, which is just and crazy. that was after a season of follow yeah. yeah. This new fella, is it uh, Ducure, sorry, you call him? Yes. He, he, he's come in now. He looks like a serious box-to-box yeah. midfielder. It's actually it was him and Eze playing up alongside each other this season. They look really, really good. I think he's managed Elise very well because yeah. Elise is still very young. Yeah. Needs and a little bit of time. Well. He had the injury too. He needs a wee bit of time just to bleed back into the side. Yeah. But I, th- I think, and now Edwards coming to form too. Mm, right. I think yeah, Palace, Palace good side. Palace, Palace good side. Yeah. I think they definitely. I think Mitchell's been off the boil this year at yeah. left back, and and for some reason they still haven't signed a right back. Ward yeah. plays her, doesn't he? Yeah, but you know how long can Joel Ward? I well, I, I think Wambasaka will go back in January. Yeah, well maybe maybe that he does. Be. Maybe he does, but I don't think Wambasaka makes Palace any better. I think he does. I think Ward, I think he definitely does. He's an improvement in rewards. Ward, I think. Is, <laughs> Ward has played something. Do you know what I mean? Every, Ward has played like every. The disrespect. <laughs> Ward has, has played like every minute for the last like two years or something. Yeah, it's crazy. Really? Something like that. Yeah. That's incredible. It is. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure Ward's over thirty at least, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. All right, Leeds and Bournemouth. Potential game of the season, candidate. Yeah, Honestly, crazy. it was absolutely crazy. End to end. Um, I think the first team we're going to focus on is Jesse Marsh's Leeds. Um, obviously, got a great result at Anfield last week. Um, Somerville scoring the goal winner, or the game winner, sorry, mm-hmm. and scored the game winner again this week. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the, the, the player that really stood out for me in that Leeds side, in terms of the... I noticed just his off-the-ball actions and some of the runs that he made... And they look like elite level forward play uh, Rodrigo yeah. he's up to 7 Premier League goals now this season playing alongside Somerville I think the two of them just look very very good together they seem to complement each other very very mm-hmm. well um, Leeds overall looked like a better side the thing that actually really surprised me about Leeds the other day was they took Mark Rocca off at mm-hmm. half time and they brought uh, Sam Greenwood on yeah. they actually looked like a better a big side call, because Sam Rocca or Mark Rocker, sorry, is a, is a great player. Yeah, he's been unreal for Leeds this year. Player for Bayern and all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a great defensive midfielder. And to take him off to bring on an striker, well, obviously they needed it. But to change the whole system around, that was a masterstroke for Marsh. Greenwood changed that game. Like, yeah. goal he scored. No, the goal, goal assist. The goal was excellent. Yeah. Goal, then he set up another one. Mm-hmm. And then they brought on this Italian forward. Ganotto, isn't it? Nanto. He, sorry if we don't pronounce it. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Apologies. He has, six, he has six appearances for Italy, and he is a he's another top player that we're saying. I think Morris was saying like basically he has to. He's definitely going to be starting soon because he's just playing that well. Yeah. And that's a great turnaround for Leeds because that was a big win 
Bournemouth would kind of be in around them. But for Bournemouth, it's that's two weeks in a row they're giving up a two goal lead, that's two goal lead. which is criminal. It's heartbreaking. Like you're looking at Gary O'Neill on the touchline, and you feel like you just feel so sorry for them. They've now conceded seven in their last two. Yeah. But do you know what the annoying thing about Bournemouth is? I think they've conceded thirty-two goals this season. But yeah. they play so well. Yeah, they're like, a good team to watch. You like that? They come up from the yeah, but they're trying. It was like when the Elsa had leads. Yeah, they were conceding loads of goals, but that was an exciting team to watch every week. But see, under um, before Gary O'Neill was there, I think it was just like they were a bit too static and they were a bit boring. But now he's just come in. It's just like we're gonna go for this. Yeah. yeah. But then, as you say, you can see goals and then. But like they played like <laughs> against Leeds. Yes, they conceded early, but. They played so well for the for the sixty minutes that mm. they were in the ascendancy, and it just seems to like it's like the flick of a switch. They just seem to switch off entirely, and defensively they, they switch off as well. But like, you see, for the sixty minutes that they are playing well, you're watching them and you're going, they are actually a really decent yeah. side. They have some decent players, yeah. like Billing. Billing's unreal. Yeah, Solanke's very really good too. Solanke's goal. Tavernier very good too. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's just a shame for Bournemouth really. All right, Everton, Leicester. So, the blue side of Merseyside. Disappointing. Another loss. Do you think they're disappointed or were they well beat? Because in no. my opinion, I think they were no, well beat. No, they were beat. well beat. No, not disappointing in the res- performance or result. More the performance. They've yeah. Been very, very poor this season, I think. Uh, Over the season, yeah. do you think? Yeah. Uh, they've been under They've only had 14 points this yeah. season. Especially least, recently. I think they've scored only 11, or 11 goals or something like that. They've three There's, points from the last six games. They draw, so, draw a lot too. Yeah. Sort of highlights the need for a, 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 a top striker. Well, that's what I was going to ask. So, Lampard said that Calvert-Lewin, Idrissi Ganagé and Onana are to undergo injury scans. Well, it was today that that was to happen. Um, where do they strengthen? Without Calvert-Lewin, they're not scoring goals. Look, they've been defensively good. And Onana's been one of them players who's been brought in by Everton. And he's playing great stuff. Yeah, he's really stuck. But that, that's the thing, you're right. I think we said this last week, it's not the defensive. We yeah. were, I think we were complimenting Cody and Tarkovsky. Yeah. It is... it is. They didn't replace Richardson. There's just no attacking threat. Yeah. I know Wobie's actually been okay this season. Yeah. He missed a great chance. At playing more in the, the midfield, the though, yeah. in the centre midfield, but Wobie, though. I think, you, as you say, they need a striker. Yeah, definitely. And they've needed a striker. How long have they needed a striker for? Oh, f- well, look, they got rid of Years. Richarlison. Yeah, and didn't yeah. replace him. Like, they needed, to, they needed to buy a striker then. Yeah. And it's like you mentioned earlier, like Gio Simeone. Like, there was players like that on the market yeah. that, that they could have gone for and they just opted out of getting and Everton, yeah. Everton do spend money. Like, it's they not do. As if the, yeah. You know, they spent 40 million on a will be. It's been more, it's been their signings have let them down, you know. It has. And not this season, I don't mean like the defensive ones, but in previous years, they spent the big money on these players and they just haven't delivered. Yeah, they, they, they haven't clicked. They and haven't then they clicked. depend too much on a Calvin Lewin who is injury prone and. It's just they just struggle to score goals. Who do they buy then in January? I don't know. I know the best striker, but as you said last week, it's, it's, it's there's so a hard, severe lack of centre forwards. It's tough. It's so hard in January to go buy a striker too because just up the price. Any good one as well isn't going to want to leave their club. That's it. Like um, James Madison then, obviously fantastic game from him again. Two assists, shoe in for Qatar, isn't he, boys? Has yeah, he has to be. Seen seventeen goals, thirteen assists uh, since March twenty twenty one. And like you compare that to like Jack Grealish, four goals, three assists. Mm. Like it's crazy. How like, can you not take him? It's crazy. I know honestly. he does. He does. He, I seen him in the first half. He had six shots, but he sets up two goals, and he's just he's just confident. Yeah. He's just he's just that kind of player. Look, Leicester. Look, we we actually said it last week. Leicester's a good side, you know, and too I think good to even be. To, to be down as far as what they are like you'd sort of hope now maybe they do put a bit of a, a, mm-hmm. a run together and and get themselves out of that relegation zone. Well, because, they're out of it now. Yeah, like um, Telemans as well was. Well, he was outstanding he was yesterday. Outstanding. He was outstanding. Like well, they we were just talking about Rogers as well last week. Yeah. yeah, they could be making the right decision and keeping him. I think I, I think it is the right decision. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. like Rogers is a good manager. You know, look in the next few weeks. We'll see the results in the next few weeks. Well, or sorry, well, after week. the World Cup now. I know it's just so. I know you just think exactly. it's crazy, isn't it? I feel like all here, we go, here comes the fixtures because especially coming up to Christmas time and all playing flat out. But no. All right, Wolves and Brighton. So. The news was announced yesterday. Julian Lopetegui yeah. has been confirmed as the new Wolves manager. Yeah. Obviously has won a Europa League, plays yeah. some of the most attacking and expansive football out there. He's yeah. coached the Spanish national team. Real Madrid. Coached Real Madrid too. Obviously has a, has a big pedigree. Coached Sevilla. What, what, do you, what do you guys think about that appointment? It's a tough one. 
It's a tough one. I think, genuinely, I think they needed to bring in someone who had a notion of Portuguese and Spanish. If I'm being 100% honest. Look, Julian Lopetegui is obviously a great manager. All the teams we've just mentioned that he's managed. Wolves are just in a bad rut at the minute. And their squad is ageing. Like, they're still relying on players like Jay Matinho, who, don't get me wrong, has been fantastic and for the last, what, three or four years three at least in years. the Premier League. Yeah. But their squad's ageing. They can't rely on Jimenez anymore because he's always injured. They need a striker. They need goals because they're conceding, yes, but that young fella Collins, I think that was a brilliant signing, a brilliant signing by Wolves. Yeah, he's been very good. But I think they need someone up top to be finishing the chances because yeah. it looks like Neves is scoring all the goals at the yeah, moment. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> a lot of penalties. All the goals are coming from midfield, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, a lot of it. And to Zerbe then, finally, you could sort of say he's starting to find his feet now. Um, Trossard once again impressing. Yeah. Pascal Gross impressing once yeah. again. Yeah. Seems as though Brighton are just going from strength to strength at yeah. the minute, really. You know? fair play to them. Nobody thought that would happen after Potter was gone. No. Nobody thought that. I actually thought that we're going to crumble big time. Yeah. But... The one thing I'll say about Deserby is Deserby is actually quite a similar coach to Potter. Mm. They, they sort of play a similar style of football. I think that's why the transition's been so easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Brighton are really good at that. Brighton yeah. are real good at making those transition periods yeah. sort of very seamless. I remember when it was from Hutton to Potter, yes. it was a seamless transition. Yeah. And now from Potter to Deserby, it's a seamless transition. Their transfer business is always spot on. Yeah. So The recruitment team, in terms of staff as well as players... Just seems to be brilliant. They're just a well-oiled, well-run football club. And and fair fair play to them. Uh, Final game of the Premier League then. Uh, We're covering uh, Nottingham Forest and Brentford. I have down here my notes, boys. Nico Williams was the man of the match. It was a draw, but he played very, very well. I have in here, is it a bit of a regret for Liverpool to let Nico Williams off the books? I don't know. Look, as a backup right-back, I I think Liverpool do need a backup right-back, as we spoke about last week. But what were they offered? 20 million or 15 million? I, I think something? it was 20 million. It was in, in around 15, 20 million yeah. anyway. For an academy product who wasn't really going to break into the first team squad, from a player's perspective, it was brilliant for him yeah. to go and get first team football. I think it was a no brainer for Liverpool to sell. But with Trent's bad form you know, this season, Connor, what are your, what's your take on it? Well, I think I said the same thing last week. I just thought it was her on their part to be fair uh, they've no back they have the young Scottish I think it's Ramsey or something Ramsey yes. yeah, yeah, Ramsey. Ramsey. Them, but yeah even if Arnold got injured or something I know they play Gomez there but I just don't know, don't understand it's not like Liverpool are they need to sell him they mm-hmm. don't need the money really do they? they it was just a crazy unless he wanted to leave he wanted first team football I don't know why they sold him yeah well they were constantly putting him out in loan yeah maybe even, Klopp doesn't he, he mightn't have fancied him. Fancy him but you know what the, why didn't they reinvest that 20 million in a, in, a diff, in a new right back I suppose they, they probably looked at Ramsey and thought Ramsey was going to come in and, and be the backup mm. but I, I, look I, I, has Ramsey played any minutes for them this but season it's like, well, Liverpool but he's, very well, young. he's very young Liverpool as well they have the one thing I will give them credit for is they do get rid of players at a good time like I remember they got rid of Abe and they got rid of um, even the Solanke, player one they get, they get Jess Beering they're getting yeah. big yeah. money they, get, they got good money for players and they just just got rid of them at the right time and mm-hmm. improved the squad so I do think they need a new backup right back, unless yeah, this Ramsey yeah. guy starts coming through. But yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. And not gonna lie to the to the listeners at home, actually didn't really get to see the Forest and Brentford game other than the Sky Sports highlights. So yeah. all I have in here for Brentford is probably their their the biggest scandal their clubs had to deal with. Ivan Tony now alleged yeah. to have gambled over the last seven to ten months on football. So it looks like he could be out with a hefty ban. That's going to affect Brentford big time, isn't yeah. it, lads? Well, not to, not to speculate, though. If if it happens and the investigation comes through that that has happened, then yeah, it could be a lengthy ban. But yeah. until then... A massive miss. Until do, then, do you there's think no that, point speaking about that. Well, do you think... Yeah. Let's just say, hypothetically, Tony is found guilty. Yeah. And hypothetically, he, he gets a hefty ban. Mm-hmm. Do you think that puts Brentford in relegation trouble? I don't know. Depends how January goes. I, I don't think so. I think they'll also know probably by that stage they could maybe get a striker in. Yeah. They were unlucky as well. Did you see the equaliser? I know I didn't really see much of the game. I've seen the highlights. The equaliser, they get like me kicked it against the back and own goal. Uh, but I think I think they'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. That's first. Thomas Frank's a good manager. Yeah, he, good look, manager. he knows what he's doing. He is. He is a good manager. Um, I just think 
it, for me personally, just I think without Tony though, they are going to struggle to score goals yeah, big that, time. Yeah, yeah. And again, like I just, you don't like to say that a player is bigger than a club because realistically, no player is bigger than a football club. But yeah. I just feel like like Tony's one of those ones where I think whenever he does finally leave Brentford, yeah. I just think they're going to be in trouble. To be honest, the other thing as well as we keep saying, oh, if they get a striker, if they get a striker. Where are these strikers at? Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah, it's where, the, where are they coming the from? There's just so many teams that need a striker. striker. Yeah. I know, like how many teams have we run yeah. down today and went, Every oh, they, they need, need a striker, striker. Yeah, oh, they need a striker. It's just, you know, it's mad, isn't it? It is crazy. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on then to um, uh, an actual fan's favourite, believe it or not. Mm. Uh, got a couple of got a couple of good messages about the player of the week. So, Connor, awesome. who is your player of the week this week? Well, this week, you can tell I'm not biased, lads. <laughs> I went for Mo Salah. Uh, as I was saying earlier, 19 goals and assists in the last Ooh. 20 games. <laughs> Two goals against Tottenham. He took his goals well. He could even have got a hat-trick. Uh, I was looking at other players like Saliba's playing well, Ben White. Yeah. But I think Salah was just... He, was he deserves it. He, deserves he it, was. He, look, he was standout yeah, he this weekend. He was standout. Like, this week there was no real obvious... S- sort of standout player. Standout, but... Uh, I don't know. I thought Salah was... He was very good. He was really, really was good, good yesterday. And, as you said... It wasn't just his his goals. It was more his all round play. Like even I remember, there was a stage he was getting a blocking in the box. Like he was just he was working. He was, so he was hard, constant. He know. was constant yesterday. So, yeah. No, I'll go with Salah. Go with Salah. Okay. So, well, do you want to run through predictions let's then? Go for, through a few predictions for, so for next week. This is a new segment. Week, we have got the first game is Manchester City versus Brentford. I'm saying a City win. Yeah, City win. City win has to be. <laughs> Liverpool Southampton. Liverpool at home, I think Liverpool will win again. Oh, Connor, what are you thinking? Southampton, new manager, new bounce. Oh, maybe. Southampton to beat Liverpool. Oh, oh, oh bold no. call. Connor Dorman. Liverpool. Yeah, oh, Liverpool. Yeah, Has to be. Bournemouth, Everton, that's a good game. At the Vitality. But I think Everton bounce back and get the three points. I'm going to go Bournemouth. I think they're going to rectify these last couple of results, and I'm going to go a Bournemouth win. I'm going to go draw. Draw. Nice. West Ham Leicester. I'm going to draw myself. I'm going to go draw too. Draw. Leicester are playing better now. They're defensively good. Uh, do you know what? Leicester. Go Leicester. Leicester away from home. Ooh. They're playing so well. Uh, you know, as I said last week, Ward and your boy, the new guy, Fares. Or Fares. Uh, Fares. Yeah. He's yeah. been sensational, so I think. Um, next game is Tottenham versus Leeds. I'm going to go a bit rogue and say Leeds United win this one. Connor? Yeah, I don't think that's controversial at all, to be yeah. honest with you. The Spurs have not been good. Um, but I think they just have enough to get over the line, so I'm going to yeah. go Spurs win. I'm going to go Spurs because, as we were saying, it's the bigger teams to struggle against. Yeah. It's not the kind of, and I think Leeds will come out and they'll try and play football and they'll just counter them. Yeah, I, I go Tottenham. Yeah. Uh, Forrest and Palace. Connor Dorman, what do we think? Uh, Palace are playing well. Yeah. Forrest are at home, though. Forrest are a bit better at home. I'll... Do you know what? I go Palace. Yeah, Palace. Richie, I'm gonna go for a draw. Draw. I'm gonna go for Palace just because I think away because we talked them up. Yeah, <laughs> and they're a tricky team. They always are a tricky team. Newcastle, Chelsea. I think that's the fixture of the week. Definitely. Um, I think. Uh, Connor. Newcastle. Newcastle. The way they're playing at the minute with the crowd. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea are playing so poorly at the yeah. minute. I'm gonna go Newcastle. It's at St James's Park, St. is it? Yeah. St James's Park faithful. Yeah, I'm gonna go Newcastle. Yeah. I'm gonna go draw. I. I I think there's more chance of Newcastle winning than Chelsea, but I'm going to go a draw for that fixture. Um, Wolves versus top of the table Arsenal. Hey, Richie? Hmm. It's hard to know with Wolves, isn't it? It's at New manager. New it's manager. at Wolves, yeah. is it? At Molineux. Do you know what? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm going to go a shock. I'm going to go Wolves. A Wolves win? Yeah, I think Wolves are going to beat them. Ooh. I think draw, because I draw, think yeah. Arsenal are going well, but just yeah. before the World Cup point and then so. City will go top yeah I agree so, Connor. Yeah. I think it'll be a draw yeah. I can't see them losing before the World Cup um, Brighton Aston Villa I'm going to go with Brighton win uh, just, just Unai Emery's not going <laughs> to succeed every week every week just go <laughs> I'm going to go against Villa. Villa every week yeah it has to be a theme no, I do think Brighton will win. Brighton are good at home. And I think it'll be a good game, especially after watching the latest. Yeah, do you know, that could actually end up being the game of the week yeah, in all seriousness. Um, yeah, Brighton at home, it's it's hard to look past them at the minute, really, isn't it? So, yeah, I'm yeah, going to go Brighton go, win. Yeah. Disagree with you. Yeah. Twice Brighton, yeah. Three Brighton wins. And uh, the last game of the match day is Fulham at home to Manchester United. I think United's going to bounce back. I know it's 
easy for me to say because I'm an optimist. But can I ask a question? Is Mitrovic playing? <laughs> um, that will be no, I huge. think they actually said that the injury was more. It's a. It's been a recurring injury from the internationals, so I think he'll probably sit that one out. I think they'll just wait till after the World Cup to bring him back. Yeah. Um, even if he was playing though, United smash Fulham. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think uh, United win. Uh, Connor uh, Dorman. Yeah, 2 1 United. Yeah, I'll go United. 2 1 United. <laughs> okay, so now moving on from the Premier League fixtures, we've got another segment that people loved last week. And what a pick it was, by the way. We've Picked got Richie's pick for the up. Fantasy League last week. It was Miguel Almiron chipped in with what was it, 8 points? Well, I captained him, so he got me 16. He got you 16. So tell us, Connor. Who's your pick of the week? Who's Richie's uh, pick? Miguel Almiron. Miguel <laughs> Almiron. <laughs> triple triple <laughs> Um Do you know what? I really racked my brain um, after the game week thinking of, yeah. of who to go for pick of the week. It was a tough game week. Yeah, it was really tough. And yeah. I sort of tried to weigh it up. Do you know what? I have another midfield player. His price has gone up a little bit, but he, he's top player and he just keeps impressing week in, week out. My pick of the week this week is going to be Leandro Trossard. Ooh, tell me why. I just think you know he is he is five in his last six. Um, his 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 form at the minute on the fantasy app is sitting at, at about six point two mm-hmm. points a game. And and I think he's I, I, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, but I think he's just above six million. Home Villa. Home Villa. He's a steal, like really. He's yeah. a steal. Your thing as well will be good as well. Gross. Like, Gross. Gross, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm one of the guys who put him in at the start and yeah. he didn't perform well, so I took him out and then suddenly, of course, he's performing uh, of course well he, again, he's, so pe- he's picked up. He could yeah. Be another yeah, look, I just think Trossard is... He's just doing no it week in, week out. No brainer. It's coming up to the World Cup where he's yeah. probably going to be starting for Belgium. Yeah. yeah. See, a lot of people as well this week would probably make a lot of changes because there's only one week to go. One week to go. I'm just going I'd say a lot of people would be using their wild card now before the World Cup. And a lot of people are angry. After because week. after I think everybody Cancello. had, had Cancello. Jai Cancello in their team. A few boys I know. Uh, honestly, and they were not happy. honestly, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I captain Holland this week, but that's just because safety and. Whatever. Well, we we had a friend triple captain Phil Foden. Uh, shout out to Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you've heard it here. Richie's pick of the week is nice. Leandro Trossard, and we're going to finish off with Odie's opinion. So obviously, last week. Just my a, opinion just a bit controversial yeah just a bit controversial I said that Unai Emery wasn't going to succeed at Villa I stand by my statement even though they beat Man United I stand by my statement I think anybody could have been hired two or three years I think Villa is actually anyway. anyone can win their first game like, yeah exactly I, I, I do just think Villa is one of them teams that they think they should be hired where they are which is fair because they're a top club That's I nice. just I, I think Unai Emery is not going to succeed in the long run so my opinion this week is about Man United again. <laughs> but it's specifically about Cristiano Ronaldo. I think, now this is given we sign a replacement, I think that Cristiano Ronaldo should be sold by Man United in January. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Why do you disagree with me? He's a problem. It's plain and simple. Don't get me wrong, like when he when he signed again last summer, I've never been more excited in all my yeah. life. I actually thought we were going to win the league. Yeah. No. <laughs> I was getting giddy. I was saying ridiculous things, like tw- like twenty ones coming, and yeah. like I was so so excited. The fact we were living over in Liverpool and we could travel to Manchester yeah. so easily and watch the games, you know, like I seen my hero, my I've seen my childhood icon score, you know, an eighty eighth minute winner yeah. in the Champions League, mm-hmm. like, Mr. Champions League, Mr. Champions League. Like I'm not going to lie, I, I nothing gets so much better than that there, mm-hmm. but. He's he's the ultimate professional, but it's just no. Well, he's not. No, but no, but he's not. Go, though, but say, no, no. What I was about to say is, he's ultimate professional, but his attitude. Alright. Thought you were gonna jump over there. Like. <laughs> um, no, but his attitude. It's just like his attitude at times is just horrible on the field. He's just blaming everybody else, throwing the hand up in the air, mm-hmm. always complaining. Even he was fighting with Mings yesterday. Yeah, like it's just. I thought it was a huge call yesterday to name him as captain over David Hay. Why, like? I know. Didn't like, understand that. Like at times, I, I at times we I said that the hell last Hay, week. Yeah, mm-hmm. he come out. He came out when we were going badly. Did we see Ronaldo do that? No, but again, like oh, it's so frustrating. Like at times, I I sit there and I go, do you know what? Ten Hag, great great coach, great manager, and he's yeah. dealt with Ronaldo really well. And then he comes out yesterday and names him as captain, and I'm like, no, I agree. Ten what Hag, are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. wall back Ten Hag, and it's too early to know. But sometimes Ten Hag does stuff like where it's just out of the blue. You're like, 
Where's right. that come from? Yeah, wh- yeah. what's that like about? Bringing all Maguire's a striker. Or but you know what? Here are we the question. I know. Realistically, here are we the question. That's why we're here, lad. <laughs> I know, I suppose that's why we're here. Yeah, we're look, ta- chatting about it. I just think Ronaldo's a problem. Um, I know Connor, you said he was the ultimate professional, but like, I think his attitude problems and stuff show that he's, attitude, that he's yeah. just not. Yeah. Um, and you, all you hear is, oh, he's good around the young players and all that, but it's on the field he's always blaming yeah, yeah but you know what I mean like you hear that he's good around the youngsters but then like you see him on the TV like he was scr- he screamed at Alanga mm. at a point yesterday and yes Alanga, yeah, for I'd, I'd scream at Alanga. yeah Alanga probably deserved it <laughs> but at the same time like he's not the most I don't know I think if I was a Man United player which I'd love to be um, <laughs> maybe one day lad and I'd, I'd probably be like your Nacho I'd be like looking to play on my idol and all yeah, too but, but at the same time like I just what age you know 24 20, uh, could happen yet lad Maybe. Get back from the hamstring. Get back from the hamstring <laughs> injury. And who knows? Who knows? You, who never, knows? Know, you never know, lad. You never know, lad. But I think um, <laughs> a lot of players are also like in awe of Ronaldo, as you say, and they're a bit afraid of him. Like they're probably afraid to say anything to him. So he just yeah. probably gets away with everything. Like even the way he just walked off. Yeah. Well, like, that's what I was going to ask about. Up, you. Yeah. That's the last point I want to make. He walked off. What do you think of that? It's just a totally, it just, just an utter disrespect. Like, should the one game out against Chelsea been enough? No. Should he play for United again? No. Realistically, in my opinion, I don't think he should have. No, I don't care who you are. Like, I really don't care who you are. Like, that's Cristiano Ronaldo. That that, that man is ultimately, he's probably the biggest footballer yeah. of all time. Uh, you know, obviously people have their debates about Most who's, who, who's the best. Just, but like in terms just globally of... Known. Yeah, just globally known. Yeah. Like, Ronaldo's the biggest footballer in the world. There's yeah. no question about it. Yeah. You know, he knows he's in a, in a different position to other footballers, yeah. and yet he still acts that way. Yeah. He knows that's he's always in the spotlight. That's a good point as well, though, because he knows, like, he's a boss, He knows so he the knows camera's on him, lad. He knows he's going to get away with that, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, imagine a young player done that. They'd be... They'd be know, released. I think it was... Yeah. There's a guy that asked on that. There's a guy that asked on that. Yeah. And he refused to come on. He refused to come on. That's right. And he never oh, that, that was Eunice. Yeah. Eunice. He got yeah. sold, didn't he? The German player. He got sold, yeah. He never played for Axe again. Yeah, he was sold. I do think Ten Hag... But the talk was that Ten Hag, if they could have got a suitable... A replacement, replacement for him. They would have got rid of him. Gakpo was a suitable. Well, I don't know if he would have been too suitable, but he was a linked player. He was an option there anyway. So if, yeah. as you say, in January, if there's a, ve- a player available, I think well, you yeah. leave. Well, that's my opinion this week, folks. It's that Cristiano Ronaldo should be sold by Manchester United if they can find a replacement. If they can't. <laughs> our attacking depth isn't good enough to not have Ronaldo in the it's alright I'll be back from a hamstring injury happy soon days. happy days Richard will be back me. from his Thank hamstring God. injury well folks I think we should wrap it up there I think that's as good a place as any to wrap it up yeah um, I hope you enjoyed listening to episode 2 of the Bottom Bins podcast be sure to have a look at our new website um, I think we'll find hopefully we'll get this podcast on Spotify this week yeah still, still working hard to try and get that sorted no guarantees but in the next few weeks, definitely. It'll, it'll certainly be on YouTube. Um, and again, folks, we're having a little bit of trouble with video at the minute. Yeah. So we're trying to see whether we can upload this in video or not. If not, we do apologise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but, but it is coming. But it is it is coming. Yeah. We we'll will get something it. sorted. Yeah. Look, it's only our second podcast. We'll work out the kinks. Yeah. Very, very but soon. also, like, people in the comments... If you disagree with us, we don't mind that. Yeah, 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 listen, fire fire your opinions in there. You know, if I'm being a clown, tell me I'm being a clown. (laughs) (laughs) We started this so that everybody could be involved in our conversation. And we just hope, realistically, that you do feel part of our conversation. Um, So, thank you, boys. Yeah, thanks very much. And thanks to everybody for listening and subscribing. See you next week. See you next week.